Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. The Denver Broncos have added a new punter to the roster, and there are some claim that he might be able to win the starting job this summer in training camp. We take a look at who the punter is and compare him to Sam Martin. Plus, we hear from Sarah Bettinger, editor over at PredominantlyOrange.com. We have a conversation about Drew Locke's mindset so far after the day one of OTAs on Monday, not to mention George Payton's offseason moves and the perception by many Broncos fans here on today's brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst and Director of Video Content at Pro Football Network and Broncos Analyst for the Locked On NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast on your favorite podcast provider, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Odyssey app. And not to mention, you get us in video content form here on the YouTube channel, Locked On Broncos. Hit that subscribe button and make sure that you like and comment for the algorithm along the way. But ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot to break down here on today's episode of the show. A brand new punter for this Denver Broncos football team as they signed Max Duffy, and he was a former punter from the University of Kentucky. And this is an interesting move because I think all offseason long, we were talking about special teams. We talked about how Brandon McManus, for the most part, was consistent for Denver last year, had a really good season, especially from 50-plus. We felt that Sam Martin, in a lot of discussions that I've had with Broncos fans, did a really good job last year of making sure the Broncos' punting unit was actually better off in special teams. And in comparison to Colby Wadman from a couple of years ago, Sam Martin was an evident upgrade and obviously a veteran addition that the team made here. But the Broncos, they went out this week and they signed a new punter to the roster. And there is a chance, and many people are talking about Max Duffy. And Max Duffy is an Australian punter. He played some Australian football in the Aussie League down there. And he sort of came out of the scene at the University of Kentucky. He became a weapon. Now, his story is very interesting. Originally, he thought he was going to be a basketball player. He was really good at that. He played basketball, thought he was going to have dreams and ambitions of making it to the NBA. And then he started playing a little bit of that rugby and the Australian football in terms of being able to kick the ball. And he had some great velocity behind a lot of his kicks. And his mom didn't even know that he was playing. A really cool backstory on that. I saw a little bit of an insight to him. He's the most valuable kicker uh, in Australia, according to what many people have said in terms of various media reports but is Sam Martin's job in danger here well when you look at the comparison that you're always trying to get younger in the National Football League organizations like to look at ways to save money when you look at the cost comparison of Sam Martin versus Duffy you can get Duffy at a pretty reasonable rate not sure what his contract details are just yet but it's not going to be what Sam Martin was paid Sam Martin has two years left on his three-year deal the Broncos they could save 2.3 million dollars in cap space if they released Sam Martin after June 1st, and it will only count towards $483,000 against the dead cap. So the overall process and cost, you know, it's beneficial. If you feel like Max Duffy can come in, if you're the Broncos, if you're special teams coordinator, Tom McMahon, if you're George Payton, you put these two in a competition this summer, whoever has the most efficient summer, well, you roll with that person. And more than likely, I mean, Denver here, 
they're looking at every option. And competition is not a bad thing to have. They might even bring competition in for Brandon McManus. We'll see. Uh, but right now, I think BMAC's got that job locked up. But in terms of Sam Martin, I mean, we talked about it last year. There were times where the Broncos' offense would be stopped within their own 20-yard line, sometimes in their own 10, backed up into the red zone. And Martin would have to punt. I think for the most part, he did a really good job of getting the ball past the opposing 50 in those situations. Historically, in Tom McMahon's special team's philosophy for the punting unit, he likes directional punters. He likes to be able to angle the football, hide at an angle to where it's going to go towards the sideline directional. It's never going to be a directional, a directional middle punt to the middle of the field. You're never going to see that because what happens is philosophically, if you punt in the middle of the field, you have to make sure your cover guys on the left side, your cover guys on the right side, take the appropriate angles to converge. And that's where you see guys, very agile returners dip and duck underneath to be able to create different things. And we see a lot of missed tackles, a lot of lost lanes there. And that's why you don't often see middle directional punting anymore. You see often you're going to punt it towards the left sideline. You're going to punt it towards the right sideline. That's what Tom McMahon wants his punters to do. Sam Martin did a really good job, but Duffy is actually a really great directional punter when it comes to the sidelines. There were multiple times on his film at Kentucky, and you can go through on YouTube and find a highlight reel that I saw that his agency put together for him. There were multiple times he was backed up with his heels on the inch mark of the back corner of their own end zone. So one high snap, one snap to the left or to the right, a little too far. He may stay up out of bounds, and it may be a safety. Duffy had really great focus, really great control, and he booted it to the point. I mean, he had one punt. He booted it all the way across past the 50. It landed about the 40, and then it rolled to the 20. So, you know, 69-yard punt along that nature. That's great. And imagine that at altitude. We know that the ball can travel high and far, and he's got this backspin. I don't know if you've ever been a punt return, anybody that's watching this, but when you look up and, and those punts that are spiraling, let you know, let me grab this football right here on the YouTube broadcast. But if it's spiraling up in the air like this, that's great. Sometimes you see punts like this, which is great because then it's going to bounce and then roll. But these ones are hard because the, the more altitude that they get overall, it's going to determine the, the landing trajectory. And that was a big issue. You have to get underneath it and you feel like the ball is going to land directly inside your chest and in your arms here. Often not the case because the angle is high and that's spinning it's going to actually drop a lot shorter and you're going to have to run up for it or you're going to have to run back. It's really hard to gauge and read at altitude. So Duffy's one of those players there. His career average at Kentucky was 46 yards per punt. He's younger. He's 28 in comparison to Sam Martin, who is 31. So more than likely, we will see competition at training camp between Sam Martin and Max Duffy. Broncos country, if you've had a chance to watch Max Duffy's highlights so far, what do you think about Duffy? Maybe his prospects of becoming the starter for the Broncos this upcoming season. We also have to throw it to the notion that, hey, you might have to take a really big risk. If you do go with a younger guy, you may have to deal with some of the more mistakes. Sam Martin has been a veteran guy for a long time in the National Football League, entering eight seasons to the NFL for him you got to wonder is experience more valuable than that youth aspect right there that to me I think is a big question that the Broncos uh, obviously Tom McMahon George Payton and the coaching staff they have to decide on this summer so we'll see how that uh, competition goes at training camp I know we're going to be looking at hang time my man Andrew Mason over there DNVR he's always quick with that stopwatch in terms of hang time so be on the lookout for that but we're going to cover that all summer long lockdown Broncos especially when we're at training camp but Broncos country coming up here in just a moment we're going to get into an interview with my good friend Sarah Benninger editor over at predominantly orange 
Orange.com. He does a phenomenal job bringing insight into the Denver Broncos and allowing people that are interested in covering the team to be able to write. I got my opportunity in the sports media world by talking with Sarah. So we talked Drew Locke, we talked George Payton, and we talked about the Broncos offseason and the expectations coming ahead in just a moment. But before we do that, folks, I have to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show that's our good friends over there at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. I love Built Bar because they have nine delicious flavors and the occasional limited time flavor. My personal favorite is peanut butter brownie. They do have coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, and double chocolate. So there is a flavor for everybody. And the thing that I like about Built Bar the most is that if I'm getting up in the morning to go work out, or if I'm rushing out the door and I don't necessarily have time to make breakfast, I grab a Built Bar out of my fridge or my freezer. I take a bite into it because it's soft and easy to chew. And it tastes like a candy bar because the bars are covered in 100% chocolate with the amazing flavors that follow along. But not to mention, Built Bar is also healthy for you folks. It contains 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar. It is the perfect alternative and a great pick-me-up if you need something to get you through your day in the mid parts of the afternoon or if you need a delicious snack. That's how I use Built Bar in my day-to-day life. And I want you to try Built Bar today. We've had several listeners of the show DM me on Twitter at Cody Work and Avail with their box of Built Bar telling me that they loved the delicious flavor. So I want you to try it. If you're on the fence right now, or if you have that urge to try Bill Bar, go to BillBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. Once again, promo code LOCK15 will get you 15% off your next order at BillBar.com. Very honored right now to be joined by my good friend, Sarah Bedinger. He's the editor over there at PredominantlyOrange.com. If you like Denver Broncos news, content, coverage, Sarah and his team do a phenomenal job. That's really where I got started getting into the media world. It was because of Sarah. So really, I owe a lot of where I'm at today to my man, Sarah Bedinger. Sarah, uh, obviously a lot to talk about today. First off, man, it's been a while. How you doing? Doing great, Cody. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the kind words. I, I always love talking Broncos football with you. So it's a joy for me, and man, it feels like football's in the air. I know we still got a few months, but man, it, it's just so much different than last year. I think, um, and it, it's, it, I love it. I can't, I love it, man. It's great. I know. Last year we were sitting in a Zoom room talking about. I mean, what what is it going to look like? What's football season going to look like here? I mean, players are back on the field. Justin Simmons, the Broncos social media team, captured it at the start of OTAs on Monday, coming out alongside Bryce Callen saying it smells like football weather. That that's mm. what I love. You know, as a player. There is a certain smell in the air when you go out there on practice and you're like, all right, hey, football season's close. But uh, uh, let's get into uh, our, our topic of discussion. You know, on Monday we heard from Drew Locke, and, and this was the first time we've heard from him this entire offseason. And there was a different perspective I got from Drew here. And we also heard from Teddy Bridgewater, so we'll touch on both there. But mm-hmm. Drew's got a different level of mindset to him apparently right now in terms of his offseason preparation Staying off social media, which I think has been probably a great thing. Social media is just brutal these days. But mm-hmm. uh, for him, working with Peyton Manning this offseason, working with a variety of other people, you know, he didn't mention who, but he says that, you know, one day he may write a book about it if it all pays off, which he hopes it will and he thinks that it will. Uh, just for you, what was your perspective from Drew's mindset in his press conference that we heard from on Monday at the UCL Training Center? Man, that just really quick though, you you might have just thought of the title of his book right there. If it all pays off, P E Y. I mean, who knows? That time with Peyton Manning could really pay off. <laughs> but uh man, it, it was great to to hear from Drew. You know, I mean, I feel like I kind of had the perspective that maybe he was hearing everything or maybe he was at least reading it and like putting it as his bulletin board material or something. But for him to come out and say he hasn't heard any of it other than what some people have texted him and to hear him talk about kind of like, you know, people who are and aren't in his circle and things like that. I mean, it was a great mindset, I thought, from Drew Locke to come in and 
you know, the most substantial rumor at this point has obviously been what the Matthew Stafford trade that that George Payton was involved in. And so that's really the the most substantial potential trade the Broncos have been involved in. And for Drew Locke, I mean, I know he heard about that. We know that. I mean, that's he had to have heard about that. And so for that really to kick him into gear, I think you could tell that in the way that he talked, the way that he spoke. Um, the way that he talked about just the detail-oriented offseason that he's had, the time spent with Peyton Manning. It's it was really refreshing to hear from Drew. Um, and it was cool to see this just him in that different mindset. You know, a year ago at this time, even with everything going on, I think Drew was very optimistic. Uh, I think it was really, really good for him to know that he was the guy going into the season. But at the same time, along with that come those challenges, you know, of not really having that competition to push you and maybe that extra motivation from somebody behind you. So that was great to hear from him and great to see that he's really kicking it into high gear. Um, and I'm excited to see what, what comes of that on the field. Well, absolutely. I mean, we already got questions about, you know, a is seven on seven is, is OTAs right now going to be the deciding factor in this quarterback mm-hmm. competition. We heard from Vic on Monday, it's going to be really all throughout the preseason, right? There's going to be three preseason games. So there's a lot of things that drew and both Teddy Bridgewater can do between now and then to maybe push themselves ahead. But uh, you know, like you said, I, I like the men, the mindset of Drew Locke. I mean, it's really hard to root against him with that mindset. But also we heard from Teddy Bridgewater as well, a veteran guy who, you know, said back in 2015, the Broncos got an up close and personal look at him when he was with the Minnesota Vikings. And mm-hmm. they I mean, it was a tough game against uh, yeah. that yeah. Adrian Peterson. The Broncos defense was flying around. But Teddy Bridgewater has been a veteran guy for quite some time. And I think he, even if Drew wins the, the competition, which I think many people project him to, I think that Teddy's going to be a great mentor for him in that locker room. I mean, something along the lines that he necessarily didn't get with Jeff Driscoll. So I kind of want to throw it to the Teddy question here. You know, in your opinion, how do you see things playing out with Teddy Bridgewater, whether or not he's the starter or whether he's the backup? And where does it put the Broncos organization in your opinion? I think it's great for Teddy Bridgewater to be a Denver Bronco. You know, it, it's I, I do remember that 2015 game. I remember Stephon Diggs and Teddy Bridgewater giving that that no fly zone a lot of hell that day. That was crazy um, to see those two young guys going at it. But it shows it shows what kind of player Teddy Bridgewater is. You know, he's fearless. He's solid, if not if if unspectacular. I mean, he's not he's not going to blow you away with his arm talent. He's not going to blow you away with his athleticism, but. He's a solid NFL quarterback, man, and I think that there's obviously room for for Drew to to really be pushed by him in terms of what Teddy brings to the table of having run multiple offenses, having been in uh, winning franchise. I mean, he was with the New Orleans Saints and and Drew Brees, so he's been around the best of the best. And for for Drew to be able to take from that whatever he can, I think is going to be hugely valuable. And I think Bridgewater kind of gave the vibe today that yeah, of course he's here to play. But I think he also talked in, in in a way that makes me think that, you know, he he's ready to to be a teacher. He's ready to be a, a culture, you know, a, a guy who's going to cultivate a strong culture uh, of leadership and and somebody who's going to help players that he can help and do what he can off the field in that way. So, and I think you made a great point, man. Jeff Driscoll not necessarily bringing that to the table, and that's something that the Broncos have really missed. You know, they didn't exactly have that with. Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch either. So it's it's a valuable veteran presence that I think can can bring a sounding board into the locker room for anybody to say, hey, what are you seeing here? What are you doing here? That's something that Drew was really leaning on Brett Rippon for last year, right? And not Jeff Driscoll, which, I mean, of course, him and Rippon are good buddies, but is Brett Rippon really the sounding board you want your starting quarterback to have? 
Not that he's not seeing things well, but you know, you get what I'm saying. It's a veteran yeah. QB who's been around good, if you know, all time players in recent years. And I think that's going to be really helpful for everyone. And we're going to get into the second half of our interview with Sarah Benninger coming up here in just a moment. But Broncos country, before we get into that, I have to tell you about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends of their betonline.ag. And betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action with baseball season in full swing, the NBA playoffs ongoing, and the NHL playoffs. You can track all the action at betonline. So before the next pitch or tip off, go to BetOnline on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as teams begin their preparations for the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. One thing I want to get your your opinion on, because we haven't really had a chance to talk. This is the first time we've talked really in depth in terms of video, podcast, audio in a long time. But so far, your thoughts on George Payton's first offseason as general manager. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got the documentary coming up where we're going to really see the behind the scenes draft look from the Broncos and their conversations, getting to know these rookies. But uh, outside of all that, you know, there's been a lot of noise. I think everybody's looking under the microscope. You know, George Payton. He's made a lot of great moves on paper so far this offseason. I mean, does it all have to pay off right away, in your opinion, or do you feel like he's building something special potentially? I do think he's building something special, man. I really like what George Payton has done. You know, I think from from a Broncos fan perspective, you see what you want the team to be. And over the course of the last two offseasons that John Elway had, or, or two or three, 20, 2018 through 2020, he really started doing a lot more things that fans wanted to see you know, in terms of the draft, at least, and even in free agency some. And so to get that outside perspective, George Payton coming in and bringing in something completely fresh, completely unbiased, he wants the Broncos to win. And now he's no longer attached to anyone else on the team. So you've seen GMs across the league come in and and blow things up. Typically, a new GM means new head coach, new quarterback, new this, new that, um, new offensive system, new defensive system. Everything's new. But with George Payton, he came in and he seemed like he really gave every single player on the roster a fair shot. And I think we also saw, too, his trust develop with with Vic Fangio as a head coach. And I thought that was really an underrated aspect of John Elway's last couple of years was his trust and relationship with Vic Fangio. Because Vic Fangio, in addition to being one of the best defensive minds in the NFL, is is so perceptive on everything in terms of roster building, player personalities, is this guy a guy that I would want to coach against if, you know, as an offensive player, that's what he said about Noah Fant in the 2019 draft. And so I think that those perspectives that, that George Payton really came in and it wasn't like, okay, here's my, here's my year to kind of just see how everything goes. He really took to heart what people told him. And he also took to, took to heart what he understood about his own film study. And he's, he said, I'm going to bring in Darby and Fuller and Sertan, and we're going to make this secondary just loaded and we're going to pay Justin Simmons. We're going to pay Shelby Harris. We're going to pick up Von Miller's option. You know, we're, we're going to keep drew lock as kind of the incumbent QB one really. Right. I mean, that's the vibe that I'm getting from George Payton. And I think it's great to see how he's really, it's not even just like a, a respect for John Elway. It's more of like, a, I see that you've actually done some good things and I'm going to believe in the, the players that you drafted that you picked up as though I drafted them. And, and and that has just been so cool for me to see that he didn't just come in and say, all right, this wasn't my guy. We're going to blow it up. 
This wasn't my guy. We're going to blow it up. This is my guy from Minnesota. I'm going to bring in Anthony Harris and I'm going to replace Justin Simmons or Kareem Jack. He didn't do that. He could have done that easily. The price was right. So I love what George Payton is doing. I love the kind of mixed bag approach that he's taken. And you can see that reflected in the, the coaching decisions, the front office personnel, people that he's bringing in, the player that, the players that he's bringing in, just the way that he's doing things. I really, really have liked it a lot. Well, and he's changed some things up, too. I mean, you talk about not coming in and really just tearing things down. And I think that's where we can also credit John Elway, as you were mentioning, that the last couple of years, John Elway, I think, has done a pretty good job of building the roster in areas, like, you know, adding mm-hmm. wide receiver talent. He's done a good job there defensively. I mean, Draymond Jones, in my opinion, is going to have a really big year yeah. for the Broncos this upcoming season. And I really believe that. But I think George Payton and his emphasis on involving the scouts, involving the coaches in the draft process mm-hmm. in a more public way, Perfect PR move, by the way, in terms of giving yes. fans really an insight into a new GM. But mm-hmm. his ideas, the way that he speaks about his philosophy as a GM, it is the right time. I had a conversation with Ian Rappaport a couple months ago here on the show, and we really talked about the idea that this was a home run hire. At least Ian said yeah. that. This is a home run hire for Denver. You go and you add Kelly Klein and just really kind of mm-hmm. changing the landscape of professional sports, including women in their minority hires. This is a phenomenal step, I think, for the Broncos in terms of what they plan to do. And then we know the ownership situation is going to be coming up this summer in terms of the Arapahoe County Court. But outside of that, there is some optimism about where this team is headed. So the one final thing I'm going to ask you here today, Sarah, when you look at the personnel that the Broncos have offensively with young guys, regardless of who the quarterback is, and you look at the defense, how do you see this team maybe performing so far this season? I think the schedule is more favorable than it has been mm-hmm. right now, at least on paper. But for you, what is the biggest key for this Broncos team here in 2021? I think, uh, you know, to to scratch that broken record even further, it's the quarterback position. And, and Drew Locke has to play better. There's no question about it. And I think yep. that there's a fine line between saying, well, this guy's a failure. He stinks. And and this guy, you know, made made mistakes. He can grow. There's there's growth opportunities and whether or not you see that, that's that's what you're basing your predictions or any any sort of expectations for the Denver Broncos in 2021 on, you know, whether or not Drew Locke can take that step, because I think with Teddy Bridgewater, I think they will be a pretty, pretty average to above average team. And so it's it's whether or not Drew Locke can really push them over that hump. And I think that we saw last year glimpses of it. Right. I mean. We yeah. saw him go toe-to-toe with Justin Herbert in that comeback win in Denver. We saw him make the plays necessary in Kansas City to potentially win that game, and the receivers unfortunately let him down. Same thing in Los Angeles um, when he he made that pass late to Jer- Jerry Judy that was dropped as well. So it's, it's, it's going to be on Drew Locke to improve, of course, over the course of the beginning stages of the game. You can't have the constant early mistakes. You can't have the – the compounding mistakes, you know, the interception followed by the strip sack or things like that. But the roster is really good, in my opinion. You know, and like you said, the schedule favors the Broncos. They could legitimately go out and win their first four games. And that's something that, that man, wouldn't that have benefited the 2019 version of this team, the first year mm-hmm. of Vic Fangio that finished 7-9 and nine to start 4-0 and instead of 0-4? You know, it's just and if people think that 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 this team's not that great, look at the 2019 team, which was coming off of you know a pretty bad year in 2018. You fire your head coach, you bring in a new guy. That team won seven games in 2019 with Joe Flacco starting half the games, and then you know a couple by Brandon Allen. So if the 2019 team can win seven games, if you can find your way to do that, well, what can the 2021 team do? That's what I think. And if Drew Locke can take 
even a step into the top 20 QBs in the NFL, I think the Broncos could win 9, 10, 11 games this year. I mean, I really do. I think that they're, they were a field goal, a bounce of the ball away from winning, you know, a lot more than five last season. So I think that they're, that that's the key. You know, it's doing those little things, that the death by inches. Uh, Vic Fangio talked about when he was hired, right? And so they've got to prove that they're not going to die by those inches anymore. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think you make a great point, too. And and a lot of Broncos fans have misconstrued Vic Fangio's death by inches stuff. Like, in, in terms of, you know, a guy not doing his job, that's what he really means. If, if a guy's not mm-hmm. showing up all week at practice and you're working on a specific assignment for your opponent, and in that yep. game you don't actually execute that, that's death by inches. Everyone's like, exactly. oh, well, this penalty is a death by inch. Or this missed tackle is a death by inch. That's not necessarily what he's alluding to, but I, I agree with you, Sarah. I mean, I think this is a Broncos football team. When you look at the, the talent and the personnel that they have on paper, they have – all the potential in the world. And if that defense would, when we saw them play, how they played against Kansas city last year, which is pretty dang good in comparison (laughs) to most other teams, they really created that blueprint and Tampa Bay emulated that Mm -hmm. Denver has the personnel to really match up. And and I'm so excited to see what they can do with Patrick Sertan, the secondary, if that pass rush can stay healthy, the D line can stay healthy. It's going to be a fun season, Sarah. And I'm looking forward to bringing you on here, locked on Broncos even more to talk about it. So ladies and gentlemen, you can catch all of Sarah's work at Sarah Benninger on Twitter at Predom Orange. He's the editor over there, predominantlyorange.com, Broncos news commentary and everything else that you get there as well. So Sarah, thank you so much, my man, for joining me here on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Thanks, Cody. Appreciate you, man. Obviously, some great insight from my good friend, Sarah Bettinger. You can catch his work at Sarah Bettinger on Twitter. Once again, at Predominantly Orange, at Predom Orange on social media. Always love Sarah's insight. One of the best dudes that I know. So if you're a Broncos fan and you like engaging content, PredominantlyOrange.com, they have you covered outside of your daily listening pleasure here at the Lockdown Broncos podcast. But that will do it for today's episode of the show. Tomorrow, we're going to highlight some of the Broncos front office moves. We're going to get to know Ray Jackson a little bit more. He's the vice president now of player development and personnel. We're going to be able to dive a little bit deeper into what he does and how important his job is as he's been with the Broncos since the 2015 Super Bowl season and in the player development side of things for quite some time in the National Football League. Plus, we are also going to be breaking down the biggest surprise contributor for the Broncos offense in 2021. We're going to debate it. We're going to share Broncos fans' responses on tomorrow's episode of the show. With that said, I'm Cody Rourke, host of Lockdown Broncos. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel and make sure you hit that like button and comment for the algorithm. I love engaging with all of you in the comment section on YouTube. And if you ever want to talk Broncos football with me, get at me on Twitter, at Cody Rourke NFL. Looking forward to interacting with you even more Broncos country. But until tomorrow, I'll see you next time.